ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's secondhand sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Secondhand Sports. Today we got a great show. We have an interview with Jeffrey Ortigo going over this UFC 252 tonight. The big uh, matchup between Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. The third time they will meet for the heavyweight belt. It's pretty exciting fights there. Um, I mean, that pretty much takes up the uh, a good bit of the, the interview, talking about... Um, that whole situation, and then the main card for the fight as well. Before we get to that, a couple of current events since the last time we talked to you guys. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, the two big tight ends in the league, if you exclude Gronk, who just came back. But um, Kittle starting it off, five-year extension for $75 million with the 49ers. I mean, setting the tone for tight ends around the league, if you're good at what you do and you set the tone for the team, which he has done, you get paid. And um, he, just going from uh, what I've heard um, from other sources, he wasn't really getting paid that much before this extension, and now um, he's really getting getting his dues paid because, I mean, he, he helped them get to the Super Bowl. He was a huge part in getting them to the Super Bowl this past year, so obviously you got to pay the man. And then right after that, Travis Kelsey for Kansas City, the other tight end in the same Super Bowl. Six more years in Kansas City, he signed a four-year extension worth $57 million. I mean, the tight end position obviously has, uh, in the recent years here, when you look at Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, and now with Kittle, they are a pivotal point in a lot of offenses, the way things are going right now. I mean, I think the next big jump is going to be the fullback position, the reviving, the resurgence of the fullback position. That's going to be something to look out for here soon, something to look out for going forward. But, yeah, tight ends getting paid. <laughs> That's a, a, a huge story here recently. Um, just a couple other things. Mookie Betts had three home runs against San Diego the other night. Um, that was pretty wild to watch. And then Damian Lillard, if you didn't watch the Trailblazers game against the Nets, which they needed to win, the, the Blazers needed to win that to uh, kind of seal their position in the playoffs. Um, incredible game. Damian Lillard setting the tone for his team. I mean, he, he always already was going off in the bubble, um, sealing the fate of, of the Suns, unfortunately, Devin Booker and the Suns were booted out. They need, needed the Nets to win, but didn't happen for them. Um, yeah, that game was insane. Great basketball and, and just a, a sign that for these playoffs, we're going to have some great basketball to come as well. Um, it's just unfortunate. The Blazers are probably going to have to play LeBron's Lakers. And uh, LeBron having to end... Carmelo Anthony's uh, <laughs> uh, redemption run. That's going to be tough to watch if you grew up watching them. 
Also in the NFL, the Seahawks cut rookie cornerback Kima Siverand this week after he was caught on video trying to sneak a female visitor into the team hotel per sources. So um, obviously the you can't take a chance on COVID, especially not for a rookie. I mean, that's uh, not very uh, too much decision-making going into that right there. When you're a rookie and there's a global pandemic going on, you finally made it to the NFL and um, trying to dress up your girlfriend as a player. So, <laughs> uh, not a great look for uh, Mr. Kima there. Um, something with this interview, uh, we had a little bit of breaking news in the middle of it. The McNeese basketball legend and former Detroit Piston Joe Dumars was named the executive vice president of basketball operations and interim GM for the Sacramento Kings. So we, we broke that news. I say we broke that news. We kind of discovered that in the middle of this interview. So that's one thing to look out for. We got a great conversation with Jeffrey Gunner and I sat down with him through Zoom because he's in Denver. He always gives us great insight on what's going on with the UFC. And uh, we have some pretty exciting fights here coming tonight. So here he is, our friend, Jeffrey Ortigo. Okay, we welcome on a very special guest, Jeffrey Ortigo, here to tell us about the third bout of Daniel Cormier Ooh. and Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight UFC championship this weekend, this Saturday. It'll be today because this is releasing yeah. Saturday. So um, what's <laughs> going on, Jeffrey? What can you tell us about this uh, card coming up here? Man, this card is its one of those cards that, like, it's not talked about much. Everybody's focusing on the main event. And if we're being honest, to an extent, rightfully so. I mean, it's the trilogy. We're talking about not only like the heavyweight championship fight, the trilogy between DC and Stipe. It's literally crowning who will be considered the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. This is essentially the heavyweight goat battle. So it makes sense everyone's focusing on it. But the whole card really is stacked. I mean, these are this is going to be a good show. These are fighters that are going to go out there and they're trying to put on a show. Everybody's got something to lose. So I'm excited, man. This is going to be a good card. Yeah. Let's start off. Uh, we'll just do, uh, unless you want to talk about any of the prelims, do you want to talk about that feature fight? Jim Miller and Vince Pichel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, okay. It, it, I feel it's only necessary to mention Jim Miller. I mean, if you're a UFC fan or an MMA fan, that dude is, He's been a name that's been around for so long. He's, saw, he's fought so many of the biggest names in the sport. He's got something like 40 or 50 professional fights. I want to say, and this is a big difference, it's either 25 or 35 in the UFC. I, I know it's a 10-fight difference, but yeah. this is the fight that is going to break the record. Hellman Donald Cerrone have been fighting for it, but the record for the most UFC fights in a career. So it is worth mentioning. He's a great fighter. He always puts on a show. That being said, I, I don't even know who his opponent is. I can't even pronounce the guy's name. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be a great fight, and it's going to be good fireworks to set off the main event. But yeah. we're all here for that main event card, man. Right, exactly. So let's just move on. Bantamweight starting out the first fight on the main card. John Dotson and uh, Mirab Davalishvili. You know how to pronounce that one, Jeffrey? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, chances are if you don't know how to pronounce their name, they're usually a great fighter. Yeah. So I'm gonna just <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna just stick with that strategy again. Uh, John Dodson, he's another guy. He's been in the UFC for a long time. I've watched some of his fights. He's taken a couple hiatuses. There's something about the guy that just rubs me wrong. So for some reason, I never cheer for him, and it just makes it easy that I have seen Marab, and Marab is a phenomenal fighter. So, uh, I mean, hands down, I imagine Marab will probably take this in a finish. I'm guessing probably first or second round knockout. But if John Dodson wins, good for him. He's had a long, good career, but I'm going to Marab on that. Yeah, he looks like a beast. He just looks like his nickname is The Machine, so um, not mm. surprised there. He's Georgian, yeah. He's a yeah. striker. <laughs> From yeah. Uh, Georgia. Not the American Georgia, the, the real <laughs> yeah, Georgia. Um, yeah. Moving on, Herbert Burns, Daniel Pineda. Um, what can you tell us about this fight here? Looks like Daniel's got uh, quite a bit more fights compared to Herbert here. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at uh, – this is one of those weird cases where they've – these are two fighters that off the top don't really recognize their name. But as I've gone through, like I was looking at their record, I've actually seen a few of these fights, and I've seen a couple of these matchups and highlights. And, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. That being said, I think Burns is the more technical, skilled fighter. The other guy, I already forgot his name. Who's his opponent? Uh, Herbert Burns or Daniel Pineda? That, Daniel Pineda. That yeah. guy, I think he's – been a dirty fighter he has like two no contests he has a bunch of fights uh, he hasn't made it really far i don't recognize his name so honestly in instances like that if i don't know your name and you've been fighting that long the other guy's usually more technical more sound fighter and in this case i'm definitely going burns on that yeah uh before we get to the next one breaking news uh i me and gunner just saw this joe dumars the former mcneese basketball player is uh going to be the gm of the sacramento kings so what that, yeah, yeah yeah the oh, uh, wow. nasty yeah vlad divac yeah. or divac whatever uh stepped down uh today and Joe Dumars is assuming the role as interim. That's executive. pretty awesome. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah I, so. I recognize that name and everything, too. Joe yeah. Dumars. Oh, wait. Yeah, he was. He played in. Yeah, he played, he played for in the Pistons the during, the, uh, That's yeah. it. during the golden age. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, against he was Michael a Jordan. Oh, right. what? LC Michael represent. Jordan. Michael Jordan said seven. he was, like, one of the toughest defenders he ever played against was Joe Dumars. So. That's so cool. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yo, congrats to him. Breaking yeah. news. That's crazy. We've never oh, had we've that's ever an, had anything that's awesome. like that happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was scrolling through the ESPN app trying just to find the fights just so I could look at the money lines. Yeah. And yeah. that was the first thing oh, that no popped way. up. It just popped. Oh, that's awesome. What are the odds? Yeah. Congrats. Put the city on the map. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to... The heavy, the next heavyweight fight, Junior Dos Santos and uh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but Rosenstruck, Rosenstrike, Jorzino, Jorzino, yeah. Strike, I yeah. believe, or Rosenstruck or something like that. Yeah, Jorzino, I believe, is the first name. But actually, it's funny enough. I'm pretty sure last time I was on the program was Jorzino's last fight against Francis Ngannou. Right. And boy, got, oh boy. He got knocked out. It was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Many, not many people will leave a Francis Ngannou fight besides, of course, the main event and the baddest man on earth, Stipe Miocic. 
but not many people will ever leave a fight against Francis and be in good position. I'm surprised Jorzino is fighting again this early. Again, this is also, I think this is a good time to bring up that hasn't been brought up, but these fights are occurring in a smaller octagon. Oh, yeah. It's a 25-foot octagon. The standard original fights almost every single UFC fight since I think it was literally like, I want to say UFC 1 was fought all in 30-foot octagons. So it is a five-foot difference in diameter. So you're looking at technically two, the cage is two and a half feet closer to you on all eight sides. It, I think they fought a couple times throughout this quarantine period at the Apex Center. Mm-hmm. Or this, Yeah, I want to say they fought maybe even last time I was on the program as well at the yeah. Apex Center. But this is the first time we're seeing big-time heavy hitter, heavyweights, monster-sized guys fighting in this. So this is where it gets interesting because Jorzino is a heavy hitter. He likes to fight in that phone booth, but JDS is a veteran. And over the past few fights, JDS, even though he's an older man, he's been, he's been around the block. He's looking good. He's looking sharp. He's actually the underdog. Everybody's expecting Jorzino to go about his way. He was going and knock everyone out before Before Ngannou. Right. Exactly. Before Ngannou. I mean, he was super dominant. So yeah. Yeah. Everybody was comparing him to Nganu. That's why they were happy to match him up. I mean, yeah, he's a heavy a- hitter. He knocks everyone out. But right. I think something happens when you face Francis, and there's a good chance that Rosenstreich got rattled. And, I mean, that was a it heavy was fight right. not long ago. And the fact that he's bouncing back against someone so technical and as well, like, JDS's power, he's got some mitts on him. Yeah. He's swinging those lunch boxes. He'll put you down. He's done it before. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going JDS on it. Even though it's a smaller octagon, he's an older man. I think I think he's just got the technique. He's got the experience way to bully him and just put him down. Right. And Engano uh, exposed his weaknesses too. I think in the last fight as well. So would you have? Gunner? Well, uh, yeah. I absolutely agree. The, but the money line is so slim on that fight. Like I feel like I, I mean, yeah, he's he is the underdog. But I feel like with a money line that close, yeah. Yeah, it probably yeah. is kind Could of a toss-up. Yeah. yeah. Actually, speaking of money lines, this is the first UFC card in, I'd say, close to eight or nine months that I'm breaking my gambling fast. And I had a – if my if you know who I am, you know I suffer from a very serious gambling addiction, so I'm glad to revive it again. But JDS, Rosenstrike was actually one of the matches that I'm parlaying. I got that in the next two events, my picks for that, my parlay. And luckily, I locked it down when the money line was still showing. I think it was showing JDS was like a plus 210 now. I know it's slimmed up even more. I want to say he's only in the plus like 100 it's or something. It's 110 now. Damn. 110. Okay, yeah, so wow. I caught it I caught it at yeah, a good time. Good. But boy, oh boy, is it a good time to be – a gambling addict. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're talking with Grayson. He is all the way back. He's already got like all the parlays. He was on the last episode, but since then he's already sent us like so much stuff. I was just thinking oh, yeah. that I'm it might to be time to, uh, it's been since college football season two years ago, I think since I've wagered any month, any actual money. And uh, yeah, Gosh. I think tomorrow, uh, if only the Barstool sports books app was yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure out something. <laughs> um, We're getting there. One thing, why do you think that they're moving the octagon in closer? Do you think it's they're trying to make well, it more contentious to I, gain power of the octagon? Do you think they're trying to bring the guys closer together? What do you think there? Actually, 
I'm glad you asked that because that was something that I was super confused by. And it turns out it is just the Apex Center, which is the part of the UFC Performance Institute, the PI. You can look up YouTube videos. It is one of the most uh, state-of-the-art modern training institutes. I mean, they have stuff you've never even heard of. Uh, they showed on the UFC Embedded on the YouTube program, their series they do before every major UFC card. You see the fighters there, and it's an outstanding place. But for some reason, the Apex Center within it, the place where they're able to film everything and have at least a small thing, the setup has always just been a smaller training octagon. Mm. It's common for 25-foot octagons in training centers. They have them in gyms all over. I want to say back in like Trolls, there's a gym I used to go to, Performance Evolution, and they even have a 25-foot octagon. It's very common. It saves space. It just say, happens yeah. to be the full events and the actual fights and fight night while it was always done on 30 foot. Then gotcha. once all this pandemic and quarantine happened, you have to compromise. And it just so happens the apex center is set up to video and it's perfectly set up just with a smaller octagon. And they said, screw it. We'd rather have fights in a smaller octagon, throwing a, another obstacle, throwing another little thing. You have to right. uh, hurdle to Think jump about. over. Right. The, it really does make the fights more exciting. It leans, in some opinions, and in my opinion personally, it leans more towards grapplers. It's easier to get a hold of someone whenever you have five feet less of octagon on the sides to just pin them against the cage and grab feet. But yeah. it also really helps those phone booth fighters, like the main event fighters. I mean, these boxers that are just like, screw it, I don't care if the distance is 30 feet or one foot. I'm, I'm going to try and put you out. <laughs> Throwing hammers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And one thing, too, I mean, it, it's definitely it making it more interesting. You know, first it was uh, a, a no crowd type situation as a new thing for the UFC and sports in general. And now they're having this smaller octagon. I mean, it's it's just I think it makes it more entertaining. And, it you know, it's just a coincidence. So <laughs> yeah. absolutely, especially for the main event and actually even the co-main event kind of lock it not only are these guys locked in a cage but they're locked in an even smaller cage it's yeah. only going to be fireworks there's right. <laughs> it makes decisions way less likely in my opinion i can't yeah. wait to see this i can't wait to see this card there yeah speaking of fireworks the next fight the co-main event bantamweight yes, sean sir. o'malley and marlon vera or what did you call him he's got a nickname doesn't he uh Marlon Cheeto Vera or yeah, Cheeto. Che yeah, Cheeto. Yeah, yeah. E H I T O, I think Cheeto Vera. Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Jeffrey and I were talking before the the uh podcast here. Sean painted his hair in the color of the flag that Vera's from. Ecuador. What, Ecuador, yeah. yeah. That's uh the Ecuadorian flag colors. Yeah. They talk about it on like the UFC embedded episode two for this one. And it, it is just a baller move. I'm a big fan of Sean O'Malley. He's a guy where uh, he's got these antics and this swagger about him, but he's undefeated and he backs it up. All his fights have just been crazy, yeah. just fireworks. I mean, from the very beginning, just putting people out in the craziest, funnest ways. Yeah. It looks like he's a heavy favorite. He's got the minus 300 money line. So. Oh yeah. wow! Ooh, luckily I locked that in whenever it was like minus two ten or no two sixty. Yeah, man, I, I locked him in early, Probably man. Good. That's that's yeah. the secret to gambling is 
have an addiction that locks in way before the fights happen and <laughs> yeah. then you're sc- either stuck with your choices in a good or bad way see right. for me it was always the opposite where the money line would go in the then the wrong direction for me for yeah. every football game and then you would get somebody it. would get injured or something and then right um sean's one of those guys that seems like there's to me there's a couple different types of fighters in the ufc you have fighters like sean and conor mcgregor that are there and they know and even henry cejudo is a great example of this too they're really good and they know that the ufc is here for entertainment and that is what they're they're here to put on a show and then there's other fighters that are like i'm here to whoop some ass i'm here to beat everybody and that's just the mission i don't care about entertaining people i'm just here to whoop ass but like Sean, I mean, like you said, he he's got his antics, mm-hmm. and Henry and Connor, obviously, I mean, world famous guys yeah. that know how to put on a show. So I mean, it, it's definitely entertaining to watch him fight for sure. Yeah, I really like how you brought that up too, because this is actually a great matchup to showcase both. Cheeto Vera is a savage. Marlon Vera, Sean O'Malley's opponent, he is a crazy good fighter. He's only 27 i believe and he's had like 16 fights in the ufc i mean this dude's on pace to like blow records out the water he's a great fighter but he's one of those guys that he's just shut up no talk although in the press conference i believe yesterday he did throw some shade and like try to throw some um insults towards sean o'malley i can't remember exactly what he said i think he said his skin is thicker than sean's sean o'malley's mom or something like that. It was like to get it was like head. a good bar for someone that was like not normally tr- talking trash. Right. I did it no justice. He did a great job. Yeah. But Sean O'Malley is one of those guys that he is, like you said, he, he models. He, he said it before. He models his strategy, his whole game, fighting style wise, and the way he is outside in the press conference after Conor McGregor. That dude wants the eyeballs, and he is good at it. Yeah. I mean, I was telling y'all before we start recording. He got his first contract from the Dana White Contender Series, Dana White Tuesdays Contender Series or something like that. But it was a great matchup. He was real young, got a crazy good knockout instantly. I want to say Snoop Dogg. There's a very popular clip of Snoop Dogg and Uriah Faber were the commentators for it. And Snoop Dogg goes, oh, Molly, oh, Molly. And he's just screaming it. It's a great clip. Hands down to his side. This oh, is Mally! Combination. Three-piece dinner with biscuits. Oh, Mally! Oh, Mally! Oh, Mally! Oh, yeah. Oh, Mally! Oh, Mally! Oh, Mally! Oh, Mally! Give that kid a contract! But um, that was like two or three years ago. He got that contract. He had some unfortunate run-ins with uh, tainted supplements with USADA. He took a year off and then another like six months off. It ended up all being resolved, and it was shown he was not taking anything. It was just some supplements, and I want to say one of them was a failed drug test, like weed test, because certain states do still monitor that in different ways. It's a weird thing, and it was previous. It actually made USADA change some of the rules, and it was a – it was a big thing and it sucked that he missed some of those prime fights. But I mean, he's a personality. He streams Twitch. He's a professional gamer. Hillman, um, another famous MMA fighter, Demetrius Johnson used to do like Fortnite tournaments together. Dang. So he's always been a very big personality. And the fact that he gets in that octagon undefeated, putting people out the way he does, 
he he's a big character and he if he keeps going the way he is he's going to be one of the biggest ufc fighters in history right yeah. just name wise kind yeah. of rewinding just a little bit you talking about how he kind of models his uh i guess personality after connor and and just you know kind of liking to be in the spotlight with the attention you can just tell you how often do you see a fighter with a head of hair like that almost everybody's yeah. always like bad to the bone shaved shaved yeah he's yep. got he's got a fro yeah yeah that's one of those things where it's a baller move, but, man, if he just gets put out, it, it could go sideways. I mean, those antics, they're awesome, but if you start losing a couple fights in a bad way, then whoop, yeah. your stock goes south real quick for yeah. being showboaty. <laughs> right, but exactly. he toes the line right, and he is an elite athlete. The way he fights is so fun to watch. He moves so fluidly. just He's like water in there. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, but I'm definitely going O'Malley. I'm not sure if I called my pick on that one. I wanted to be certain. I'm going yeah. O'Malley. You can always bet O'Malley. Right. Moving on. The moment we've all been waiting for. The moment Jeffrey has been waiting for for years now. Daniel Cormier, <laughs> World Stipe. War Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier facing off for the third time for the heavyweight belt. What can you tell us Man. about this fight, Jeffrey? I can tell y'all a million things for a hundred more hours, but it, it's just something that it's very rare. You get to see something of this caliber where everybody agrees going into this fight. This is literally determining history. The winner of this is unanimously the greatest heavyweight of all time. Of course, up till now, there's who knows how long the UFC will go. There's going to be a million more goats. But right now, this is definitive set in stone. Whoever wins this trilogy, it's 1-1 right now. You're not only the champion, but you are the best heavyweight to ever touch the UFC octagon. And that's it's not a big just one, man. That's <laughs> not just Jeffrey saying this. Literally Dana yeah, White is, is saying this too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the president of the UFC says it. Every single MMA blogger says it. I mean, this is literally, you're talking about two of the biggest elites, and boy, oh boy, I, I'm pumped. It's no secret. Stipe Miocic is my absolute number one favorite fighter in the UFC. He's the baddest man alive. And I can talk about him by himself forever. The dude is a legitimate firefighter. Throughout this pandemic right now, yeah, like I want to put into I want to put into context for everybody listening. This isn't just like another fight, another two great fighters. Daniel Cormier is an Olympic gold medal wrestler. He was a strike for strike force heavyweight champion. He's fought some of the best heavyweights of all time, Bigfoot, Silva. He was best friends with um Kane Velasquez. So they never fought, but they would always train. And Kane said, if there was ever a fighter to beat me, it would be DC. That DC purposely dropped to light heavyweight because of Kane. He became considered a potential light heavyweight goat, aside from John Jones. But everybody has their arguments on that. <laughs> and now he's up to heavyweight. He's having this incredible career. And then you're talking about Steve Miocic that has put out, he's put out uh, Alistair Overeem, I believe. He's put out Kane Velasquez. Man. I'll be honest, I'm too many beers deep to not remember my favorite fighter's record right now. Mm -hmm. He's put out some of the greatest. Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Uh, Ngannou. Stopped Ngannou. Yeah. Overeem. Yep. 
Uh, yep. Fabricio Verdum. Verdum. <laughs> Fabricio Verdum. That yeah. was an incredible walking backwards knockout against the cage. One of the greatest boxing experiences ever. Yeah. But Stipe, not only has he been putting people out, but his whole UFC career, from beginning to end, every fight has been while he is a full-time firefighter in Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, this man is a man's man. He fights fires within this whole pandemic. He was at work the day before he jumped on a plane to fly to, uh, well, he had to get tested, of course, in the day before he flew and he was extra quarantined. They had to run extra COVID tests on him because he is a frontline emergency responder. This is a real life heavyweight contender, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, while also spending every waking moment fighting fires and also supporting his family. He has a beautiful wife and daughter. He's a great father. He's just a good dude. Mm -hmm. This is one of the weirdest things to ever see someone just such a genuine, nice dude to also be the baddest man on earth. I was I mean, just about, uh, you stole the words. I was going to say he's a great dude that's the baddest man alive. That's, yeah, I mean, pretty much sums it up. Imagine being in a time of panic and a time of like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. My house is on fire. Everything I own is about to burn in front of me and then one of the Steve scariest men <laughs> scariest men on this earth just walks up puts that fire out saves you and your whole family and goes like all right now i just gotta go knock out this dude and become the greatest fighter of all time yeah <laughs> literally yeah. a couple days later he's on a plane that's nuts right yeah an incredible human oh, man. being um. Yeah, and uh, it looks like Cormier is going to retire after this one too. Is that the? Oh the yeah. Thought? Sorry, I, I knew I was leaving something out. Not yeah. only to put on top of Cormier, because again, for some reason, I've and I've said it before. I believe even on this podcast, I've just never been a big fan of Daniel Cormier. I love him as a commentator. He's a great guy, right. a great personality. It just so happens I've always been like a John Jones fan and the Steve Miocic fan. So his biggest rivals have been some of my favorite fighters. He's a good guy. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana. He's a good dude. He's walking off. Even if he loses this fight to Stipe, which, fingers crossed, he does. Mm -hmm. uh, even if he does lose this fight, he's still going to be considered one of the greatest UFC heavyweight, light heavyweight, just overall pound-for-pound -pound fighters. He's going to be revered as a great guy. He's going to have a long career as a commentator. Him walking off into retirement after this fight is probably one of the best choices ever. And it is it's awesome to see what this fight will be. This is a historical fight. No matter what happens, there's as long as both of these guys step into that octagon and nothing goes wrong between now and tomorrow night, knock on wood. Yeah. As long as nothing goes wrong, this is a historical fight. And it's it's awesome that even though all this crazy stuff's going on, we're able to see this happen. Yeah. Now, Jeffrey, you know a lot more about fighting than, you know, either of us, especially me though. <laughs> Looking at all these different fights on the card, it seems like the like the height difference and the reach difference is much greater for this one than any of the others. Is, I, is that going to play a huge role or not really? That is actually one of my favorite things about this fight because that stat, 99% of the time, if there's a discrepancy, especially this big, where you're talking about someone that's like, like half what, a foot six taller. Six inches yeah, taller. Yeah, yeah six Cormier. inches taller and... Cormier is 5'9", and Miocic is 6'3". 8-inch difference in reach. Yeah. 8-inch. Normally, in 99.9% .9 of fights, that right there is a done deal. You're looking at the advantages goes to the winner almost every time. 
That being said, like I said earlier, we're talking about an Olympic wrestler. Yeah. And also, Daniel Cormier has experience fighting the number one longest reach in UFC history. John Jones has the longest reach. Even though he's not the tallest guy, he has the absolute longest reach tied with Stefan Struve, a seven-foot-two man. So he has experience fighting that reach. Granted, he's lost both those fights against him. But we're talking about, man, he's... 5'9", he used to fight at 205, now he's fighting like 230-ish. He's always fought guys so, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's always fought guys so much bigger than him. So, in all honesty, and you could check the betting odds, I'm pretty sure DC is actually still the favorite. Not by much. I want to say last I checked, it was like negative 120 to negative 110. So, technically, they're both somehow favorites. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. (laughs) The more favorite is DC. Now it's negative 120 uh, DC to plus 100. Oh, okay, wow. plus 100. I, I locked in on plus 110. So, again, locked go. in early. Hell yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, you just talked to Grayson, man. He's been losing. I know. Some, Give him so. a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All it takes, though, is one loss and then my whole parlay screwed again. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but if just it hits. to, top it off on that point i know those discrepancies are a big one those height and reach discrepancies but dc's a pro and he's faced some of the biggest discrepancies he's always been on the lower end of them so in all honesty i can see dc walking off and winning this but steve miocic he looks jack diesel right now this man is he looks terrible he looks ripped right now i could talk about this man i have dreams about this man he looks so good <laughs> yeah this dude i think if i had to call it i'm going steve miocic's third round ko dang that's a that's a bold one because it's even earlier than last time was a fourth round ko and no mm-hmm. one thought that was going to happen but i think steve a third round ko if not hopefully a decision but they both. It's going to be a great fight, no matter what. They both have experience fighting each other, which I think will play a, a big role in it too. You know, like you said, if it was a fourth round KO, Stipe's got the experience and the reach and and the weight on him. So, um, yeah. yeah. I tell you and what. Also, well, I was going to say also, it is because I have been talking about the wrestling of uh, DC. I mean, he's a gold medal. No, not gold medal. Bronze medal Olympic wrestler, I believe. Maybe he did have gold. I can't remember, but oh no, no, no. It was bronze because Henry Cejudo was the first gold medal champion and UFC champion. So I want to say it was a bronze or a silver for DC, maybe not even a medal. Who knows? But (laughs) also I I don't want to overmine or undermine Stipe's wrestling because Stipe was a D one wrestler. He was a great wrestler and also showcased that wrestling by shutting down Francis Ngannou in one of the craziest fights ever where he went in as an underdog. Everybody was expecting Francis to decapitate that man. And Stipe went out there, pulled that beast to the ground and just held him down and beat the crap out of him for five rounds in a dominant way. Not in a way that was, let's just hold him down and hopefully this crazy superhuman doesn't stand up and rip my head off my shoulders. But it was an actual get on top of him, put some elbows on his face, put some fists in his mouth and win that fight. So Stipe's wrestling, he doesn't showcase it, but if he can just avoid, if he has that good defense, gets DC from those double legs and gets him off of him, whoo, Stipe can put those mitts on some faces, dude. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you're just talking about how like wonderful of a fight this is going to be. 
I don't, you know, uh, other than pretty much what Jeffrey said, uh, the only other stuff I even knew about this fight was hearing Dana White talk about it this morning on Barstool Breakfast. And, dude, he had me at at 7 o'clock in the morning ready to run through a wall. Yeah. Yep. Is, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this. I think everybody should be. Yeah. And Cormier has mm-hmm. said uh, that this, if he comes out victorious in this, then it puts him up there with MJ and um, Tom Brady, all the other goats. So... I mean, either yeah, way, it's, yeah. it's going to be a crazy fight, I think. so. Yeah, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I do not think DC is even close to uh, yeah, he the said greatest that. He of all said time that. on that level. But by all means, market yourself, and I always will probably do that later in my life. Mm-hmm. At some point, I will say some absurd statement that if someone actually talked to me about, I would probably pull back. I think Daniel Cormier, I think he knows he's not on that level, seeing as he's fought John Jones, and if anything, John Jones is the Michael Jordan of the UFC, mm-hmm. but it's all yeah. about marketing, baby. Right, yeah. He does a good job. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep, and it's going to be some ex- exciting fights. Tune in. I'm not sure what time. Saturday night. It's going to be two nights. Say it's, yeah, go ahead. It's uh, 10 or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever. Uh, I want to say it's like eight for me, nine for y'all, something like that. Or maybe yeah. seven for me, eight for y'all. I don't know. Yeah, for the main card. It starts at a decent time. It's after I get off of work, thank God. So yeah. I'll be able to catch the whole main card. Right. As always, on ESPN, ESPN Plus prelims, yeah. pay-per-view for the main card. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't illegally if you have the money, like <laughs> If you have the money, please buy the pay-per-view. Yeah. Please do. If you have the money, that's my only goal in life is to make enough money to buy the pay-per-views. But, hey, there's always ways around it. But if you can afford it, please do. Yep. Throw a party. All you got to do is be good at cooking. Maybe buy a case of beer, invite some people over, charge them five bucks exactly. a pop. Yeah. Use that money to pay Put for it. Put it together and pay for it. With that, Jeffrey Ortigo, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming and uh, explaining the UFC to us. I just wanted to say before we say goodbye, as always, it was so much fun doing this. I can't wait for these fights, and yeah. I hope I make some money. And the best <laughs> part is now y'all have all my picks, so now y'all know right. if I lose my money and yeah. my gambling addiction is going to take over or if yeah. I did a good job. Right. But before we leave, I just want to say please follow me on Twitter, oh, Instagram, yeah. at JeffTheDeaf, yep. and hopefully – Sometime next week, we might be having some news. If you are conspiracy-minded oh, or man. if you tend to enjoy fun things that may or may not be true, I might have a new program for you. But stay tuned. We got some news coming. Yeah, Hell yeah. We'll be uh, retweeting it and everything. So, uh, yeah. What were you pointing oh, yeah. at? The green. Oh, oh yeah. You got the green screen little peeking out back there on the on the video. The yes, zoom, so. <laughs> you can see it in my closet, yeah. aka the studio. <laughs> yeah, we'll be posting check our Twitter for that and uh Jeffrey Ortigo, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I'll go to any alley with O'Malley. And that is our show, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Once again, tried to get Matthew on for a comment on Joe Dumars's uh promotion there, but we had a little bit of scheduling conflicts. He's on vacation right now. So hopefully we can get him next time. Go follow Jeffrey at Jeff the Deaf, at Big Dumb Jeff, Mindless Ramblings Podcast. He's got a great uh he's he's starting a multimedia empire over there in Denver. So shout out to him. Thank you for coming, Jeffrey, if you're listening to this. Thank you all for listening once again, and we'll see y'all next time.